as well, and they are like full four pillars of sorts to our church because here's what we believe. We believe if you would become a person of worship, to really worship God in spirit and in truth the way the Bible talks about And we talked about that the first week. So again, if you weren't here, catch up. Uh, then we talked about connect. If you would not just live as a solo person, uh, if you would get connected to other Christians, the Bible describes it like this. It's like iron sharpening iron. And our lives coming together, not just in a worship service, but we call them life groups, where we sit around in a circle, and many of our life groups sit and go further into talking about what we talked about on Sunday. And so really, all you've got to do is show up on Sunday, and you've studied for life group. That's pretty simple. And so then you, you can get in a circle and, and experience life with life and other people, and they're sharing about what God's doing in their lives and inspires you and ministers to you. And then there may be a week where you want to share, uh, perhaps, of what God's doing in your own heart and life. And, and so it's a powerful experience. And so uh, we want you to get connected. If you're not in a life group, you're missing out. And uh, you need to fix that and uh, sign up today so you can be connected in with other people in, that, in a group-type setting because that's the only way to be a New Testament Christian. Uh, they did life on life. But then also last week we talked about serving and being on a dream team and serving in some area because here's what happens, and, and you'll find this out. We, we're not trying to get you to serve because we need you so desperately, Okay? We're trying to get you to serve because you need to so desperately. Because of what will happen, because I've never met a person that was serving that didn't almost get more out of it than what they felt they were given out. You ever felt that way? I feel that way every Sunday. I, I feel like when I'm preparing for a message and whatever, I, I might get the most out of it of anybody here. It's me. And same way with you when you're serving in some areas. So be sure and catch up if you weren't here for those weeks. But today we're talking about something that's near and dear to the heart of God. And that is sharing with others. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. And it talks about how Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw two Brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will what? I'll make you fishers of men. In other words, you used to be a fish, but now you're going to be a fisher, all right? You're, you're going to fish for men. You're going you're gonna to change your, your whole mindset of who you are because of the transformation that's come into your life. And I'm telling you, this is Jesus' agenda. This is his agenda for every follower, is that every follower will become a fisherman. Do you see that? All right, and, and as we get into this, now here, here's what can happen if you're a Christian, if you've been a Christian for a long time is you can start feeling guilty already. Like, I've not been doing that. 
I've not been real good about sharing my faith. I've not been real good about influencing other people. Over the past year, 2018, I, I can't even think of one person that I've influenced to come to know Christ as a result of my life. And so what can happen is you, you start feeling guilty, but there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's what God would rather you do and what I would rather you do is get inspired today, all right? Get inspired that God is going to use your life in this year. He is going to use you to make a difference in someone's life. And there's going to be at least one, if not 100 people, maybe. Dream big if you're going to dream, right? Go big or go home. And so you need to just go ahead and believe that God's going to use you this year to reach somebody else because this is what Jesus is all about. So if you're all about Jesus, you ought to be all about what he's about. Hello? And so let's look at what it says in the Old Testament. Look at this in Proverbs, what it says about wisdom. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. How many want to be wise, right? And the Bible says that how to be wise is you win souls. And how to do that is you're a tree of life to other people. You bring life to others. There's a theme throughout the Bible. We're going to see it here as we go through a few things. How we bring life. We bring light into other people's lives. Flip over to the New Testament. In Colossians, it says it like this about wisdom. It says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. We'll come back to that word in a moment. Let your conversation be always, what? Full of grace with other people. Seasoned with salt. How many know your food tastes better with a little bit of salt, right? Just a little bit, though. Don't overdo it. So that you may know how to answer everyone. In other words, you should be bringing flavor, right? You should be bringing life. You should be bringing the presence of God. You should be bringing this tree of life to those who are around. So I want to talk to you for a few moments today about some fishing wisdom, all right? How to be a smart fisherman, but not in the sense of fish, in the sense of what Jesus talked about, catching men, because we would be here very short time if I told you everything I know about fishing for fish, all right? We, we just pray right now and go home, as a matter of fact, because I, I'm just not, not that kind of person to sit there, and I, I want the fish to jump in the boat. You know what I'm saying? You know, just kind of, I'll just sit here and you, you know, okay, now we can go home and fry them, you know. Uh, and so uh, today I want us to focus on how to be smarter, how to be wise about our lives. And here's, here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, it's our moment. You need to be thinking about your moment because Paul talked about the opportunity that we might have to share with other people. There could be an opportunity. And here's what I've noticed, and this blows me away about God. As a matter of fact, this is one of the things that blows me away most about God. It's not the only thing 
but it's pretty intense. And that is that there's like 7 billion people on the planet right now. And there's times where I feel like he's just focused on me. You ever felt that way? And, and then there's times when I talk to people and they said, no, he was focused on me. You know, I know he wasn't. He, he was with me Tuesday, you know. I mean, he was guiding me and leading me and I felt, the, you know. And, and, and so I talked to other, so it's like 7 billion people and he's just moving things and, and, and causing things. And all of a sudden you meet with somebody and it's like God put them in your path. Have you ever had that happen? And it's like, oh my gosh, I've been asking this question, this person, I didn't even ask them, and they're giving me the answer. That's incredible. Or you're feeling lonely and, and depressed and discouraged, and you hop in your car, turn the car on, and, and you'd had Christian radio playing last time you were in your car, and you turn it on. All of a sudden, this song comes on. The lyrics are just like God singing to you out of your depression and your discouragement and lifting. Anybody ever have that happen to you? You know, Or it's just like, whoa, wow. And then I'm like, God, how do you do it? Oh, yeah, you're God. That's how you do it. You know, that's amazing how God works. And so and what God does is he orchestrates these divine appointments where God puts you in the path of somebody else. Let me just read it from the Bible. Here's what it says in the book of Psalms. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So it's not just random it's not just, oh, I just happened here or whatever. No, uh, the Bible says they're ordered of the Lord. He, he guides our steps. Look at what it says in Proverbs. It says, uh, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So see, we, we think we have our plan. We think, oh, this is how my day is going to go. And then all of a sudden, God puts an opportunity in front of us. Some of us, need to get more aware of those opportunities. Some of us need to watch for those God moments when it's like, oh, I, I think God's wanting me to share with this person. I, I think I'm supposed to get a little bit vulnerable and share with them. So you got to be intentional in every relationship. What if, what if that server is not just at your table at the restaurant to give you a full glass of water every time you want one? What, what if you were hand-selected by God to sit at that table for a divine encounter and a moment with a person who's searching, who's hurting, and maybe the conversation goes into depth and somehow, somehow they share about, you know, I'm sorry, I, I kind of forgot what I was doing here and you know, I had a lot going and, and different things. You say, oh, well, what's going on? They say, oh, it's too big of a story, you know, but my marriage and different things, it's crazy right now and you say hey 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 we got classes for that in my church there's help available for you and, and you don't have to go through this alone there, there's somebody who can help you know or if they say you know my finances you know just kind of pressure I'm working two jobs and whatever and sometimes I just lose track or whatever and statements like that and you say hey there's a financial class at our church it's helped thousands of people all over the country. 
And I'm sure maybe it could help you. And, 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 you know, I'd be willing even to sponsor you. Put your money where your love is, right? And, and sponsor them to, to be in that class and to be a part of that. I heard John Maxwell once tell, he's written like 400,000 books on leadership. And, and so, uh, and I've read a few of them. And, and so John, what I love about John is not just his great Uh, authorship and and ability to put words on paper, but also his ability to have a heart for people. And and he said one time that he carries a card with him, and on that card are the names of 10 people that he wants to influence to get closer to Jesus. And I thought, where's my card? Who am I praying for? Maybe someone here, you need to get an index card and put it in your pocket so that every day you'll feel that crunch in your pocket. You'll feel that card there. You'll reach in to get your keys, and there's that card. Oh, yeah, i got to pray for these folks to help them get closer to God. That challenges me because I I want to reach people who are far from God. That is the heart of of God. And so maybe you need to write someone's name down. And you, you can also find someone's spiritual spot. You know what I'm saying? Maybe uh, they're, they're kind of hurting because of their kids or something like that. And you say, well, hey, do you guys go to church somewhere? And you say, well, no, not really found one. We've been looking for 10 years now, but we still haven't found it yet. And uh, you say, well, hey, you know, I, I found it. I found it. It's Crossroads Church here in Avon in our, in our Hendricks County. And, and we have awesome, flat-out, freaking awesome kids programs that happen every single week. And your kids would love that place. You see, everyone is longing for something. Everyone's hurting for something. Everyone wants somebody. And so all you've got to do sometimes is just open the door and say, hey, just tell me about it. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Or tell me about your family, you know, your career or whatever. People love to talk about themselves, all right? And sometimes you, you, you may wish you hadn't opened that door, you know? But... You can just have them share with you. Now, pastors, I'll just flat out say, it's difficult in this area, all right? You you have an advantage over me because here's what happens. I meet somebody. Maybe I'm on vacation. I'm not even where I live, not anywhere where anybody would know me or anything like that, and somebody just starts talking poolside, you know, on vacation and and different things, and we're talking, and we're carrying on a conversation, and it's going great, and we could be friends. We, we could, like, be almost best friends, maybe, until he asked the question. Do you know the question? Hey, what do you do for a living? And I say, Oh, well, I'm a pastor. And you see the cogs start (laughs) turning. And they start thinking, did I cuss? (laughs) 
what, what, what did I say a while ago? And, and oh, man, uh, oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, they need a drink, you know, all of a sudden. Uh, they, they, they need some more suntan oil or something, you know. I mean, it's crazy. And, and so here's the, here's the point is I'm telling you, you have an advantage here to be able to be real with people because everyone has a spot. And when you find the spot where they're hurting or where they're searching or where they're most open to the gospel, here's what you do. You help them. You help them. You add value to them. Say, hey, I was reading a book about that the other day, and here's what it said. And, you know, hey, my, my church did a series on that here a while back, and I remember my pastor said this. And, and you know, I, I, or I was reading in the Bible. I don't know what your belief system is or whatever, but I, I read this the other day, and it really helped me. You add value to them. See, if you'll remember back in psychology class in, in college, you remember that Maslow's hierarchy of needs spoke to all these different need levels that people have. I just want to touch on three of them, three areas where everyone has a need, and one is the physiological needs that we have. Maslow said that everyone's got to eat and wants safety and needs a place to stay and, and a shelter and all of those things. And we have helped homeless people uh, in recent months here in our own community. And maybe you know somebody who's hurting in a certain area and you could provide for them. And it's the first step toward an open door to tell them about Jesus. Because why would you do that? Why would you be so generous? Why, why would you step out of your comfort zone to help them? It's because of God's great love for you. And Maslow said that we also have lo- a need for love and affection. We all want to be loved. We want to be known. We want to be praised. We want to be appreciated. And so when you know that about other people and you begin to lift them and you begin to encourage them. And I've seen, listen, I- I've done this with people who were servers at my table. And they came and it seemed like I- I'm just here to lift you up and help you feel better about yourself today. And, and if I can do that, hey, I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that. And, and so you just add value into that person's life. And then he said there's fulfillment needs because how many of you know from personal experience that there's not enough money in this world to buy you happiness? And you can search the whole world over for meaning because everybody wants meaning. Everybody wants purpose. We all want to know why we're here. And so everyone's on the same playing field when it comes to that. And the thing is, no vacation can give it. There's no no amount of money that can give it. There's no pleasurable experience that that can do it for you. Only God can do it for you. Only God can solve that longing in your heart because you were created for a purpose and it's a higher purpose. It's a bigger purpose than you could ever come up with on your own. Come on, somebody, right? Right? 
And so you can share that with them. Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I think it is, says. It says, my work, Paul says, was to plant the seed in your heart. So I planted. And then Apollos, he's, he's another uh, guy that went around talking about Jesus. His work was to water it. But it was God, not we, who made the garden grow in your heart. So let, me, let me just real quick talk about this. Sometimes you're the seed sower. You know, sometimes you can just detect, and if you're sensitive to God and the Holy Spirit, here's what you sense is, I think I'm just supposed to plant seed today. Just supposed to plant seed. And then sometimes you realize there's already a seed. They grew up in church. They know who Jesus is. They're just not following him. And something got in their life and something messed them up and something got them off track or whatever. So I'm here to water the seed that's already there. But here's the good news. The good news is this. It's God that gets them saved, all right? So your job's not to get them saved because you can't do that, all right? So, so don't worry about that. You just worry about sowing some seed and watering some seed because that's your job. God's job is to help them to understand it and to come to faith in him because it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to him. How many know that? But from your own experience, it was the Holy Spirit that drew you, it was the kindness of God that drew you to repentance, the Bible says. And so as we begin to do that, as we begin to share that, it's like we're an assembly line, right? It's just like I, I just fulfill my part and, and whatever that part is. And here's the next thing, is we not only are a wise fisherman through our moment, but also through our manner, all right? Our lifestyle, the way we live, the way we conduct our lives, the, the way that we go about our daily life. Here's what Matthew chapter 5 in the Message Bible says. Let me tell you why you're here. Okay, if you didn't know why you're here, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this world. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world. I love that. So we're here, now get this, to make it better, to make life better. And here's another verse, and in verse 16, bring that up for me. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, here's what light does. It makes things better and brighter. How many are thankful for the little 4-watt bulb in your bathroom that keeps you from tearing up your big toe on the edge of your bed at night, right? That's one of the most important lights in the whole house. And, and, and so... As that light shines in the darkness, it guides your way. And, 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 and so how can you make life better and brighter for other people? You could be the person who brings donuts to work. Amen? Come on, somebody. You know, that alone would make you the favorite person at work. 
You, you don't have to know the whole Bible, by the way. You don't have to know the whole Bible. You just make life better and brighter, and people will be pointed to Jesus. You have to understand their world, understand what they're going through. See, I read a book many years ago, talked about seeking to be to understand more than to be understood. And if you want to influence people, that you need to be more a person who wants to understand other people. Have you ever talked to someone and you know they're not really listening? You ever had to have where, where you know what, what's going on right now is they're thinking about what great story they're about to tell next. That's all they, and they can't wait for you to shut up so they can get going with their story. Anybody experienced that? Or maybe you've been that person. And, and so what we've got to watch is that we're not that person. That we are the person that we can understand their world because we live in a culture that's very toxic and opinionated. If you don't believe me, just get on social media. And so what we've got to do is just say, hey, 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 just, let's just talk. Just, what's it like to be you? What's it like with, with the background you have? With the kind of parenting style you grew up with, I mean, tell me about yourself. How, how did it go in your teenage years? You know, what got you to this point? What caused you to make the decision? Tell me about church. What, do you have church background? Or, or, or what's your opinion of God? And if they say, oh, you know, I, I used to go to church, but, and you say this, listen, I'm sorry for your experience. There are followers of Jesus, at least people who claim to be followers, who don't do a very good job of it. I'm sorry for that. I'm so sorry for that. But I want you to know that that wasn't Jesus. Jesus would not do that to you. I can't speak for every one of his followers. I can, what I can speak for is the Jesus that I've come to know has accepted me and received me unto himself. And he has brought about change and power and presence in my life like I've never experienced before. And I am like not the same person as a result. And here's what I think. I think if you just won't worry about all that stuff and you just get focused on Jesus, I think you'll find him very attractive. I, I think that you'll find him someone worth following. And I think that all the stuff that, that, that you've gone through, it'll just start fading out as you follow after him. You see, you show them unconditional love and if you don't know what unconditional love looks like it's the kind you want okay it's the kind you want for other people to have and it's the kind of love that Jesus gave because he said no greater love has anyone than this 
than he would lay down his life for his friends. And I call you my friends. Isn't that awesome? And so his love, his forgiveness is part of it. One day, Jesus is walking down the road. It's one of my favorite stories. And Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, by the way, <laughs> couldn't help it. I, I have that song. Every time I say Zacchaeus, I almost sing that song uh, from Sunday school. You have to just forgive me for that. But, but Jesus is walking by the road. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus was short in stature, and so he climbed up in a tree so he could see Jesus over the crowd. And Jesus gets by the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, which let me tell you something. Even if you don't really know everything about Jesus, Jesus knows everything about you. You don't have to go to church for him to know your name. I love that about him. And he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to lunch at your house today. Don't you like the way Jesus just invites himself over <laughs> for lunch? And, and so Zacchaeus, he's all about it and, and can't believe it. And, and so Jesus comes and has lunch at Zacchaeus' house. Now Zacchaeus has been a tax collector and he's been ripping people off, taking advantage of them. And so people are saying, what kind of Jesus is this? What kind of Lord is this? What kind of Messiah does something like that? But Zacchaeus comes out of the house after lunch. He says, hey, hey, I just want to say, I think I've taken advantage of some people. I I think I've ripped some people off. I, I think I've hurt some people. I think I've been dishonest with some people. And if you are one of those people and you feel like I've been dishonest with you or I've ripped you off in some way, not only do I want to pay you back, but today I want to pay you back with interest. Just line up over here. And people said, that guy is changed. Because how many know when it gets down to your pocketbook, you're saved, right? (laughs) You're changed. And and so this man was changed. Now, here's here's what I want you to get. Here's the point of the story for me for today. Is that Jesus did lunch before the guy ever changed a bit. Mm. Before this man ever made one step really toward God, Jesus made a step toward him. And there may be people in your life that seem so far from God. And maybe because of that, you think, well, I don't don't know about that. I don't know if I should reach out to them. Let me tell you something. Jesus wants to reach out to them. They are who he came and died for. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, whatever a person is like, Paul says, I try to find common ground with him so he'll let me tell him about Christ. So I I can tell him about the one who's changed my life. If we can just play ball together, if we could just work together, if we could just work out together, if we can just get in some kind of surrounding together where I could have the opportunity to tell you about Jesus, that's what I want to do. Listen to this story. My name is Judy Harrison. 
I've been coming to Crossroads since the third service at, um, at the theater. So we missed the first two, but we went to the third service and we've been coming ever since. Uh, my name is Erica Seitz and I've been coming to Crossroads probably about six years. I've known Erica for probably close to 10 years, uh, maybe even a little longer. Uh, I worked with her husband, Dustin and I, um, we worked together at uh, the intermediate school. We became teaching partners probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. And Erica would come into school after, after hours with her daughter and help Dustin in the classroom. And we developed a relationship at that point. Um, and during that time, we had some conversations where uh, Dustin and Erica were looking for a church to attend. And I said, well, you know, she asked, where do we go? And I said, well, we go to Crossroads, absolutely love it. And so I said, you ought to try it. And so um, they did. The next Sunday, I think it was the next yeah. Sunday, they came to church with us. Yes, yeah, so we started coming to church here and um, really enjoyed it. Uh, but I still was struggling quite a bit uh, in my own personal life. Um, I grew up uh, since about 10 years old in church. Um, and my dad was a really big part of my life and he had passed away. And I think ever since that time, I just felt a real disconnection from God and just felt like I didn't know where my place was, uh, was struggling in, in my personal life with my, my husband. We were going through a really rough time. And, uh, in my job, I was in a job that it, I hated. I, I made really good money, but I was never home, and my kids were upset, and I, I felt like my world was just kind of falling apart. And so Judy invited me to go on the discipleship walk uh, a couple years ago, and I didn't think that God was, was there with me. Um, so she invited me to do this discipleship walk, which was completely outside of what I would ever think about doing um, and went there and had a, a life-changing thing happen. Like it was just like amazing to feel God's love and just, and it was just a, an unbelievable moment of like utter peace and just knowing that God was, was there the whole entire time, um, even if I didn't feel it. Uh, and that it, this change was not going to come from me. It was going to come from him, and that I just needed to kind of let it all go. This is one of those times when you just kind of sense that someone may need something. And to be honest, I have never been one that felt really comfortable in sharing my faith. As a public school teacher, you really had, it was a very thin line as to what you could say and not say in school and uh, any kind of conversations that we had about God in school um, stemmed from the kids' introduction, not from mine. And so uh, to tell Erica, you know, that the discipleship walk really changed my life was really out of my comfort zone than to tell her that, you know, maybe this would be something that would be a benefit also for you. But I think the more we talked about it, I don't know, something kept pushing me to push her to the point where I, I didn't let it go. And I said, I really want you to go. 
and so I thought it was funny. And I think it wasn't like even sharing her like about God and like scripture and all that. It was just sharing her life um, and what has has made a change for her and knowing that I needed a change in my life um, and I, I just I needed to be closer to God and and that made all the difference to me was just knowing that that something out there to kind of help pull me um, back to God I think was the main thing I really did not to be honest did not know the kind of impact it had on her until just this past year and I think as a result it's made me feel better and more comfortable about sharing my faith now actually seeing that wow you know when you do that there are some real positive results that awesome Let me wrap this up today because it's just your life you need to share, but here's how to do it. Our message, all right? We share the message that God has put in our lives. Second Timothy chapter 2 says, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. There's a word for somebody you might have to delete your social media account, Okay. You don't just get out there and start fights. The Lord's servants must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult people. They should gently teach those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will believe the truth. So that's what we share. First Peter chapter 3 says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you or against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So, in other words, you share certain things and, and, and share your life with them, and, and maybe they'll come and maybe they won't come. I know there's been a fellow I've been talking to, and, and John outed me at the, at the gym uh, over here. He, he, he told this guy what I do for a living. I was just kind of his friend for a while, but then it, it just, I was out there. And, and, and so the good thing is the guy doesn't ignore me, uh, okay? He, he still comes around. And so I said, well, hey, you know, now that you know who I am, you know, I love having you at church and whatever. And he said, oh, I want to come. And, and, all, and he's been wanting to come, but he's still not come. But the other day, he said this to me. He said, don't give up on me. And I said, I won't. And so you just never know what'll be the week or what'll be the moment. And so here's what we share, three things just real quick. I want our worship team to go ahead and come and get ready to lead us in a song here at the end. We share the hope we have. You, you just share, this changed my life. I think it'll change yours. You don't have to know who the Antichrist is, okay, or, or explain the book of Revelation and all these flying things and whatever. You, you don't have to do that. You just share, hey, Jesus, I think he's alive because I talked to him this morning. 
You know, I, I mean, he's changed my life. He's resurrected my life. He's resurrected me. And, and so you share the hope, and then you can share your church. You, you can share your church. You can say, hey, we're getting ready to start this incredible series next Sunday. And here's, here's a sad, tragic thing I heard just recently is that 83% of believers have not shared their faith in the last several years. It's amazing. I hope that's not true in this house. I hope that when you look back over the last year, there's at least one person you can say, well, now I impacted them for Jesus. They were far from God, but I brought them closer. If not, then don't let 2019 go by. But what you have at least one person that you brought, that you, you helped introduce them to come to God because that is on the heart of God. And somebody may say, well, you know, I, I don't know if God can forgive me. And you just say, hey, sit down. Because if he could forgive me, he can forgive you, all right? If he, if he washed my sins away, if he cleansed me, if he forgave me, if my shame and my remorse and all the guilt and everything that I've done has been removed away, I know that I know that I know, come on somebody, that he can do the same thing for you. See, we're not just sharing a church we're sharing a changer, someone who can change it because that's the last thing you share Christ. He's the only one who can get the stains out that the others leave behind, right? And so as we share that, and, and here's the thing. If you, if you are invited to a Super Bowl party, let me just make this real practical. If you're invited to a Super Bowl party today, you should be the life of the party. You should be the person that other people want to get around. You should be the person that they say, oh man, Craig's here. Let's get over there. Because what's inside of you should attract them, right? It should draw them. Let's pray. Father, help us today to be light, to make things better, to make things brighter when we come into the room. Maybe you're here today and you would say, Craig, I don't know that I, I had much of an impact in 2018, but I don't want this year to go by like that. In this year, I know that our culture, our, our county needs Jesus. There are people at my school. There are people at my work. There are people I live around. There are people I'm related to who need him in their lives. And I don't want this year to pass, but what I've impacted other people for him. If that's you, just raise your hand up in the air today and say, yes, I'm committing to God this year to reach as many people as he sees fit to put in my path. Father in heaven, you see every hand that's raised. And God, I pray that you will use every one of us to make an impact in this year. There's someone we could invite this week. We may not even know them yet, 
but out of the seven billion people on this planet, there'll be somebody that we come into contact with this week. And so God, help us to have a card. Help us to have something ready, some, some word to give to them. Maybe it's our personal testimony of what you've done for us that we know you can do for them. So God, use us. Use our mouth, use our hands, use our feet. Maybe you're here today, others of you, while we're praying, that it's not somebody else that needs God. It's you, if you were to be honest. Because maybe something knocked you out of church. Maybe something came along. And, and, and we're not talking about somebody else. We're, we're talking about you this morning. Well, I'm talking to you right now. And you need forgiveness. You need God. You've doubted Him. You've walked away from Him. You, you've had all kinds of things come up in your life. But today, you know it's just like God's speaking to you right now. He's wooing you. He's drawing you to Himself. And if that's you, I want to help you to cross over into the greatest day, I believe, of your life where God's going to begin a change in your life and a transformation that's going to be incredible and that will make the rest of your life all that He intended for it to be. If you want to start that journey right now, just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Yes, over here. God bless you guys. Up there, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. All right, over here, way over here, God bless you. All right, hands on different opposite sides, up and down. So church family, just pray this prayer with me. Everyone praying it, say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. I know that he came to be the sacrifice for me and for the rest of the world. But right here, right now, I'm asking you to come and wash away my past. Give me a new start. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and changing me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. All right, here's what I want us to do.